It was a pleasure to have Kevin Craig on the podcast. Something Kevin said that really stuck out to me is when you have those saboteurs or those inner voices that are speaking to you and telling you, uh, you know, some of those more negative things. He said he asked himself, what is the 2% truth in that voice? So when he was starting in his business, it was like, yeah, you could fail. Um, and yeah, there, there's a 2% choice uh, truth to that. If, if you know, you don't get enough money and you don't hit the, the minimums you need to sustain your lifestyle, yeah, you could fail. But that was the 2% truth in that comment. That's what he listened to. And, you know, it's always inflated, he said, in terms of what the voice is telling you. So you have to really take it and consider what is the 2% truth. Uh, incredible conversation with Kevin as he shares his journey through his career and two major life events that, you know, happened that he had to rebound from. One have had to do with fraud and the other had to do with a car accident where he was hit by a drunk driver. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, I'm Jordan Harding. I grew up watching my dad put on that suit and tie every morning and go out to successfully climb the corporate ladder. I thought I wanted to be him, but I was wrong. I needed to be me. To do that, I had conversations with incredible people to learn how they figured out this whole thing called life. I learned how they overcome adversity and pick themselves up when they've been knocked down. Now, I'm sharing those discussions with you so you can apply those same learnings to your life. Welcome to It's Not a Straight Line. So today on It's Not a Straight Line, we have Kevin Craig. Kevin, I hear you're known for your cheekiness combined with your fierce courage and engaging personality, which allows your coaching clients to hit that next level. Your company has been awarded Best Executive Coaching Company Middle East for multiple years in a row. You also were recently named in a list of Best 100 Global Coaching Leaders. You're a master certified coach, a certified high performance coach, and a professional certified kinesiopractic. Uh, you're an author. I also hear like in the winter, you like to go camping bohemian style. Scuba diving is a big thing in the summer. Kevin Craig, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you for the invitation. Good to be here. So Kevin, how did uh, how did your career all start? You're, you're from the UK, I believe. You live in Bahrain. You worked in corporate for about a decade. How do you explain that that time in your life? So let me start chronologically. Maybe that uh, that that will that will work. So I was born in the UK and uh, and actually grew up in Muscat when I was younger. So I had uh, exposure to the Middle East culture and the lifestyle uh, here at an early age. Went back to the UK for my formal education, and. To be honest, I left school and I wasn't the great, I wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. You know, I didn't, didn't like exams. I'm also slightly dyslexic as well. So, and, and I was bullied at school. So by the time I, um, I'd, I'd kind of finished school and, and studying, I was done with it. I, don't, I wanted to get out into the, into the world and earn some money. And I had no clue what I wanted to do. And I was really just grateful that somebody, you know, employed me, to be honest, <laughs> if I'm really honest with that. <laughs> So uh, I started my career with uh, the John Lewis partnership in the UK and, and joined their graduate training scheme. And uh, my, I remember my first ever department that I was assigned to was, was haberdashery. Do you, know, do you know what haberdashery is? 
I, I don't. It rings a bell, but I don't it's know. It's an old-fashioned term. Basically, it's like buttons, zips, ladies' paper patterns, dress fabric, all that kind of stuff. So here I am, like 18 years old, trying to manage women old enough to be my mother, um, you know, and all the drama that goes on with that. So so it's called talk about baptism by fire into, into, uh, into that graduate uh, training scheme. And... But I'm really grateful for, for John Lewis and, and, and the partnership because it really did give me the foundations that I, I needed for, for my leadership. And I, and I owe them a lot for, for who I am today, to be honest. So, so I was in this uh, store and went around various departments from haberdashery to menswear, gifts, etc. And recently then got promoted to, um, to section manager, ended up moving uh, stores to, uh, to take care of my grandfather as well. Who was uh, who's sadly very ill, and um, and so that career lasted in retail probably about six years, and and I, as I was in retail, I took up a hobby of scuba diving, okay. and uh, so I learned to scuba dive and became a scuba diving instructor during that time, and then my um, my grandfather passed away, and it really got me to like look at my life and go well why am I here doing this job in this geographical location? Because part of it was to be of service to him. And, uh, and I couldn't really, you know, come up with a justification there. So I decided to, um, to go into scuba diving full time and, uh, and quickly realized that whilst I love scuba diving as a hobby, it's uh, when you turn it into your sole source of income, it kind of loses its, uh, passion in a way, um, <laughs> loses, loses its spark. Okay. And, uh, and I'm not the roughy tufty kind of guy of lifting tanks and quickly realize that I really don't like diving in cold water. And um, so I kind of engineered it that I would do all the pool stuff and take people out on holidays to Sharm el Sheikh and Dahab and Agada in Egypt to finish off their scuba dive, which was actually great. So it's kind of, you know, travel, travel guide, scuba diving instructor. And it kind of felt like I was regressing in some way into my, you know, uh, a lot of people take a year out after college or uni to, before work. So it kind of felt like I regressed back to that year out, but was, was kind of being paid for it at the same time. Um, and, and, and loved it, but at the same time realized that that wasn't really a solid future uh, for, for me there. And uh, one of the people I was, um, I was uh, training to be a dive master, uh, she was poached to set up a call center in India at the time. And this was in the late 2000s, uh, sorry, the late 1990s. And, um, and like most, I'm gonna, so your IT people that are listening are probably going to hate me now. A lot of IT people, shall we say, with a caveat, um, are really good with ones and zeros and, and making you know networks connected. But they're Absolutely. not that great with the human side of things. And um, and this lady was really self-aware. He said, Kevin, I'll make the call center technically work, but I need you to make it humanly work. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's the deal, because I had no technical skills whatsoever. So um, in 1999, I went out with, with her to set up this call center in Delhi, basically from scratch. And, uh, and that was a year's contract to, uh, to establish this call center and get it up, up to speed. And, and I had a fantastic time. I mean, it was, it was a, a cultural 
baptism by fire to to live and work in India during that time. And, and I loved the uniqueness. I I loved the cultural diversity. I loved the experiences that I was I was getting. And I felt that like I was learning and growing, not only in a in a corporate sense, but also in a in a personal experience sense as well. To cut a long story short, that uh, that contract came to an end, and I returned to the UK, and I was um, I was bored. If I'm really honest with you, you're bored I got in the really, UK. Yeah, I got a job with I got a great job with Siemens Communications. You know, traveling around the UK. But the UK for me was just boring, having had that wonderful experience, you know, outside the UK. I was on a good salary, but it just wasn't doing it for me. A couple of things that weren't doing it for me was the weather for a start. Um, it just really got to me. And um, and I'm there with, you know, with my friends one weekend and I'm, and we're chatting. And I just said, I, I need I need a new challenge. I need, okay. I'm not being stretched. I need something to stretch me. And that weekend, I literally got the world map out and thought, where do I want to live? You know, I got great parents and they've been, you know, they're fantastic parents and they were in good health. So nothing kind of keeping me at home from that perspective. You know, I was, you know, I wasn't in a relationship at the time. So, you know, I was, it was literally, where do I want to live? So, um, so I got the world map out and I had a couple of criteria. It was sun and no tax. They, they were my two main criteria. And uh, so I'm kind of like circling these areas of the world. You've got Caribbean, nice, yeah. great place, been there a few times, but a bit sleepyville to kind of work, you know. Got Asia, great. Yeah, lived there, done that stint in India, but my stomach really said no uh, to that one. <laughs> And uh, so then I got the Middle East, which is where I, I grew up when I was younger. So it's like that gets a big circle. And then the following weekend, I'm looking in the Sunday newspapers in, in the UK and I see two jobs and I apply for both jobs and I get both jobs. Wow. So, uh, so now I'm torn between do I take this one in Dubai or do I take this one in Saudi Arabia? Okay. So I'm, I'm torn between the two. One was a, a sales job um, and one was uh, kind of like a learning and development uh, role. Yes. And uh, so I decided to take the one in Saudi. Okay. Because, um, and most people say, go to Dubai, it's up and coming, go to Dubai. But I thought, I can go to Dubai anytime. But at that time, you couldn't get into Saudi. Saudi was a bit smoke and mirrors at the time. And, you know, and so that really appealed to me. So I, I took the job and, and went to Saudi. Six weeks later, I'm on a plane arriving in, uh, in Bahrain to then go over the causeway into Saudi Arabia. And then, Kevin, how did, what, what motivated you to kind of get into to coaching, into that next, next yeah, good. of your career? Yeah, great question. So this, so this job in Saudi Arabia's work was, um, was uh, all about learning and development for this uh, organized, global organization based um, in Saudi as well. That role expanded into a Middle East role. And, okay. um, and then I actually moved to the regional office in, uh, in Bahrain, uh, where I headed up uh, commercial uh, development for Middle East Africa and Eastern Europe. And, and the organization was being, was being purchased and, and, and sold. And the culture of the organization was shifting from a more from one that was quite entrepreneurial to one that was a little bit more um, structured 
and and I just felt the kind of like the the walls closing in and and uh, whilst that it I believed it needed to happen for the organize, organization, I didn't necessarily see myself there going forward because I wasn't honoring some of the values that are important to me. So I always wanted to set up, you know, my own business and and I thought, well, you know, do I do it in the UK? Do I do it in, in Bahrain? I'd been out in the UK for quite a while, so my network was had diminished quite rapidly in the UK. So I was like, well, let's set the business up here in, in Bahrain. So and then I'm thinking, well, well, okay, great, great idea. What's it gonna be? You know? Um, and this is when I, I, I kind of looked back across my whole life and and thought, what has been what has been the constant in my life? Um, and the constant in my life has always been people gravitating towards me and going, Kev, what do you think I should do? Ah. And so with that in mind, I thought, well, there's an opportunity, but I actually wanted to be more responsible in how I responded. Rather than just give advice, it's like, how can I be more responsible and more empowering in in my interactions with these people who naturally gravitated towards me? So, um, so that's when I, uh, I took my coaching to the next level. I actually did my first ever coach training program with the John Lewis partnership in the, in the mid nineties with Sir John Whitmore, who is the founder of the grow model. Um, so coaching's always kind of been a, been a thread, but in, um, in the, uh, in the mid two thousands, I, I took my coaching to the next level and did the, uh, coactive training, you know, coaches training Institute series of programs and, uh, and, and, and loved it, really fell in love with that way of communicating and, and that way of growing people. And uh, it's like, that's it. I've, I've drunk the Kool-Aid and um, left, left the organization, set up my own business and, uh, and never looked back. And it's, we're in the 15th year this year of uh, the business. So what was that like? You know, someone from the UK who's who's been in corporate, you've been to India, you, you've traveled a fair mm. bit all over the world. And now all of a sudden you're setting up a business in Bahrain. Yeah. Like, was that, what, what was the feeling there? Did you, are you cool making, you must be fine with making decisions like that and, and just jumping into the, yeah, the cold water. It was, and it felt like a metaphor for that. Is like it felt like I was jumping out of a plane without a parachute, you know. I was just like, let let's see what happens, you know. Um, it was kind of like a now or never moment. Um, and what's the worst that could happen if it fails? I just go and find another job. What's the big deal, you know? So so let's stick on that for a minute, because a lot of people listening might be like, well, the worst that could happen is you lose a lot of money. Um. You know, there, there's things that could happen. Right. And there's always going to be the what ifs. I mean, if I listen to all those what if voices in my head, I probably wouldn't get out of bed every day. Um, you know, and so one thing my grandfather said to me from very early, he said, Kevin, whatever you do, always have six months salary in your bank account. Hmm. So that was always my financial buffer. So I had six months, I had six months to suck it and see and to see how it went. If not, I can get a job. I'm not unemployed, right? That's true. And um, don't know where that job would be, you know, but I'll get another job. 
so that so that was really the attitude that I I took. It's like what I I didn't have a plan B. That I mean the plan B was you know get another job, but that you know that was as far as it went. <laughs> the plan A was set up my own business and make it a success. Because that's what so I wanted. You talked about the voices in your head, and I know when yeah. when I was getting to know you through Coactive, you, yeah. you know the saboteur. How do you deal with those voices in your head as you're starting this business in Bahrain? So, so I mean, I do listen. I do listen to them because they actually, you know, I think it's um, I think it's a bit irresponsible to just say, "Oh, they're they're a bunch of nonsense." You know, a hundred percent of whatever they say is 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 rubbish. So, so I do I do hear them. But how much I act upon them is a different story. So I, I listen to what they're saying. And, and here's what I ask myself. I ask myself, what is the 2% truth in that voice? What is the 2% truth of what that voice is, is saying to me? Not the 100%, because then it's naturally inflated. What's the 2%? Oh, that's, that's such an interesting way to look at it. I've never yeah. thought about it like that. Um, Kevin, so, I, the 2%, so you'll fail. Okay, what's the 2% I'll fail? Yeah, I will fail if I don't get any business. What's the minimum amount of business I need so I don't fail? That's all I had to get. All I had to get was the minimum amount of business to pay for my rent, pay for my food. And that was the minimum I needed every month. And I grew it from there. And how quickly did you kind of get to your minimum? Do you remember? I think uh, it, by, by week six, I was at my minimum, but my minimum was very low. I mean, I cut all my expenses. I, I, I pulled back my lifestyle to the bare bone. Do you mind sharing like, uh, what type of age were you when you launched your own business? What am I now? 48, 15 years ago, 33, 33. Wow. That's amazing. And Kevin, I also believe, you know, it's not a straight line. It's about the ups and downs in life and how you rebound. Yeah. Yeah. I, there was a time, I think you mentioned where you may have been uh, caught up in, in some type of fraud that happened and gone into debt. Do you mind sharing? Yeah, sure. That so, story? Um, yeah. So this was probably about three years after starting the business, I, it really grew. We'd won some really good contracts. I was making some good money, much more than I was ever making in corporate. Um, and, uh, and I started investing. I did the stupid thing of borrowing to invest and getting in friends involved and seducing them into in investing with me. And, and, and got myself in, into, into trouble. I mean, the, the fundamentals of it was it wasn't, unbeknown to me, I, I wasn't actually investing. I was being cheated because it was all shadow trading, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, I later, later found that out. So I ended up in huge amounts of debt and that was a big slap in the face. One that left me kind of totally devastated. And I mean, I literally crashed in bed. Like, I can't believe it. I've, I've, I've lost more money than I've ever made in my whole lifetime. Um, you know, where does this leave me? I'm in a foreign land, got no money, you know, it's like <laughs> those voices that you mentioned earlier, they were on steroids at this point with a megaphone. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it was really an opportunity to, to, to navigate this whole physical conundrum. Like I, I was physically impacted, you know, um, my lifestyle was impact mentally big time, emotionally. So mentally, physically, emotionally, I was in a hot mess. Okay. 
and had to navigate my uh, my way out of that. And and that was that was some tough times, really tough times. So if anyone else is facing a tough time, whether it's that or something else, do you remember some of the strategies you might have employed or some of the things you you did to bring yourself to where yeah, you are so today? I'm part of um, I'm part of this this group and have and have been for the last you know um, 15 years part of an entrepreneurs organization and um, and we have something called forums in there. But if you're not part of of a formal organization like EO or, or YPO. Then for me, it's about having those really close and trusted friends around me that that aren't going to treat me like a victim. I don't want somebody to come and have a self pity party with me. I can do that pretty well on my own. Um, I want somebody who's who's going to champion me to what's possible, even yes. if I don't believe in it myself. Right? But okay. they believe in me because when I'm in the darkest depths, I don't believe in myself. Right. Um, and so leaning into those people who do believe in me, it was uh, was a real savior in a way. And one of the structures, my my hardest time was mornings. Mornings were my hardest time to get out of bed, shower, change breakfast, you know, and up and running for the day. Um, so, you know, I remember saying to this group, they said, Kev, what do you need? And I said, I need you to call me. I need you to call me every morning and make sure I'm up, dressed, fed, and showered. What did they say? We got you. Yeah. Oh, they said no. They said no. And I'm like looking at them and going, seriously? And they went, no, Kev, we're not going to call you. You're going to call us. Wow. And I thought, smart move. Because if they called me, the responsibility lied on them. But if I called them, the responsibility was back on me. So I love them for doing that. And then one of them turned around. So they put together a schedule. So I had one person every week that I would kind of check in with. And then one person said, and Kev, what if, what time are you going to call? And I went nine o'clock. I'll call you by nine o'clock. And they said, okay, great. And what happens if we don't get the call? I went, good question. And then somebody else said, we'll call the police because something must be wrong. And I went, deal. Wow. Police being called. I'm in a foreign country. No. Yeah. That was the biggest thing that got me up and out of bed and motivated in the morning. Did you even do that on weekends? Every day. Every day. Wow. That was my structure. That's incredible. You're very fortunate to find such a trusted group. Yeah. Grateful. Truly grateful. Because, you know, at this time, it, was, it wasn't something that I could, I didn't feel I could lean into my, to my parents too heavily because, you know, I was in more debt than they'd ever learned, earned in their combined lifetime. They just retired. They didn't want to know about <laughs> their son who's living halfway around the world, you know, in huge financial doo-doo. It, it would have probably sent them to their grave. And I was really, you know, my other friends who are not part of this forum group, you know, if I, if I share with them really what's going on, then there's just going to be a bunch of judgment or, you know, advice telling um, that's probably not going to be that helpful. And so, you know, what I share with, with people was, was very limited. You know, I'm going through some tough times right now. Financially, it's a bit tight. Cash flow is a bit challenging, right? That's about as much as 
that was the mask that I was wearing, right? Take the mask off. It's a hot mess behind the scenes um, that, that, that this group really knew about and that I could really lean into them for, for their support. And you were doing the coaching practice at this time, right? To make, to make yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, talk about, you know, to, you know, walk somebody walking their talk and you know and having a um and feeling a bit of a what's the word here um not fraudster um what's the word uh like imposter syndrome imposter, that's it yeah i mean talk about imposter syndrome <laughs> you know yeah. i mean i'm totally you know in in the dregs of this barrel financially and then trying to run a business to help people be the best they can care and, and but you know what was um the, the, there was actually a huge gift there because it got me to walk my talk. Uh, um, you to walk your talk. And, and it inspired me to, because it was, the, it was the commitment that I made to my clients that also got me out of bed every day, that also drove me to raise the bar. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've, my, my clients didn't know what was going on behind the scenes of me, but I, I've got a huge gratitude for them for for showing up as they did and serving me in matters they, they didn't realize. Uh, that's incredible. Thank you. I'm so grateful that you they shared the story with, with myself and the listener. Thanks, Kevin. Um, you know, I also, you also shared that um, you were, you've been in a car accident before and it left you yeah. in the hospital for, yeah. for about a month. And, yeah. um, I, you know, that's another example where you've had to be extremely resilient and you could have really been down on like why this happened to me um yeah true i mean it was a drunk driver that hit me um and it was a hit and run and um you know left me banged up pretty bad i you know 23 stitches in my head fractured my skull collarbone shoulder blades and the i was banged up pretty bad um but i was still here I was still here. My car was a total write-off. Every piece of glass was shattered in the car. I didn't have a single glass cut in me. I fractured a few bones and the only cut was in my hairline. You didn't even see it. Um, so it, it, it got me on a deeper, a deeper spiritual journey because at the time of the accident, I actually felt like I crossed and came back. I saw this incredible white light and just heard this as my car is hitting a palm tree and then rolling. I just heard this, this voice of now is not your time. And wow. it, I got goosebumps as I, as I share with you now, now is not your time. I remember those words vividly. And, and I, the car lands on four wheels, battered and bruised. And I, I kicked the door open and, my scalp is, my hair is over my ear, de-scalped half my head, collarbone, you know, collapsing my arm. And I just sat down by the rear view tires. I kicked my way out the car and, um, and then help started to, to come from people who I had no idea. And um, yeah, I got taken to hospital and, you know, tests and everything. But there was, there was one person who, who I remember, um, uh, there were a Saudi gentleman, actually. I'm getting quite emotional as I'm sharing this now. He um, he said, Can I, shall I come in the ambulance with you? And I said, please. Um, 
and, and I'm a first aider through scuba diving and everything like that. So I've got these are basic knowledge. I'm not a paramedic or anything, but I've got some basic sure. knowledge. Um, so I get in the ambulance and and they they put an IV in and they and I said to this Saudi guy, I said, your sole job is to keep me awake. That okay. is your sole job to keep me awake. And so I'm going in the I'm in the ambulance. We're, we're going along the on the road. And then the, the paramedic says, I'm going to lay you down. Now I've got a head injury, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't yeah. take a rocket scientist that says you don't lay a head injury down, you know? Um, so I said, no, 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 don't lay me down. I'm fine. I'm fine. He said, no, 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 we'll lay you down. And as we, as he started to pull back the bed, I remember I, I'm, I'm starting to, to faint and, uh, and, and go unconscious. And I, and I just grabbed the arm of this Saudi guy and said, keep me awake sit me up and i stayed awake until we got to the hospital where i was in more professional care um never did get the opportunity to say thank you to that guy but he he did good he did incredibly well you know and thank you if you know i'm sure he's he's out there listening somewhere Mm. kevin where did that happen was that in saudi arabia or was that in Bahrain. No, it was actually in Bahrain. Bahrain that happened, yeah. Over yeah. one of the busiest highways in Bahrain. But there's a couple of other things that, you know, I, as, I'm, as I'm laying in hospital, recovering and, and, and reflecting, now I you know, look back, it was really my ego that got me in, into that. Um, I realized that my ego was, uh, needed a bit of check. Um, and uh, and the, this spiritual journey that, that it, it's, it put me on, you know, it was, it was one of forgiveness. I, I, you know, this guy who was drunk, you know, he put me in hospital. I, I could have a lot of, I could have a lot of revenge and hatred towards this guy, but right now I, and for, for many years, cause I've, I've, I've done the work and let it go. I've actually got a lot to be thankful for him for because mm. he, he, uh, he kind of was, was, a catalyst to put me on the path that I'm on today. You know, it was a deeper spiritual journey. I wasn't particularly spiritual before, um, before I, uh, had the car accident. I mean, I had the label of Christianity, you know, went to churches for weddings and funerals and that was about it really. Um, but it got me to search deeper for, you know, what's the reason I'm still alive. What's the reason I've been given a second chance. What's the reason I didn't have more injuries, you know? And so I, I just, I was searching and searching, read the Torah, the Gita, the Bible, the Quran, the, you name it, I read it and, uh, and I was searching and, um, and it was quite a journey, actually, a journey of searching towards a, something more meaningful. Was there, you know, was that a near death experience for you? Were you scared of that? Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not scared of death when my numbers up my numbers up. Um, so I'm not I'm not scared of death. Um, but it was it was a, I believe it was that near death experience. Yeah. Yeah. And in through some of the work, like what's some of the work that you ha- had to do? Like, do you mind sharing? Like, was it some some therapy? Was it was it you were searching for things spiritually yourself? I think it was searching for things spiritually. I mean, I never did go to therapy for any of whether it be the fraud or the car. I never did go to 
therapy. Um, and uh, which is not my thing. Um, yeah. But I think it was a deeper spiritual connection. Like, why am I here? Why have I, why have I been born in this time, date, location? Why am I, why am I even out of my own country? Do you know what I mean? What's the, what's the, what's the purpose? And that was, that was the deeper search. Yeah. What, it, what is the purpose you came up with? Or what is the purpose you have today? So, so I've got a couple of purposes. One is a purpose for, for me purposely, for purpose, you know, me, myself. And then the other one is, is an external purpose. So I, so my external purpose is to raise the consciousness of leadership. Yes. Yeah. That's my external purpose to raise the consciousness of leadership. My internal purpose is to hand my soul back in its best possible condition. Hand my soul back in its best possible condition. Yeah. What is that? How does that, what does that mean for you? It means hand my soul back in a way that will be more. So I've done, I've done the purification. I've done the work. I've done the growth. I've done the letting go. I've done the acquiring of, of knowledge so that I can hand it back to be of, of greater service to whoever wants to go next. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. I love both of those. And thank you for sharing. Uh, Kevin, your career, like, you know, from corporate scuba diving to, to coaching and then these two major life experiences. Yeah. Like I think of those two life experiences and I'm like, I don't know how I would deal. And you've done that and you, you're on the other side here smiling. But it's like what somebody once said to me, it's like, um, what was that metaphor? It's like, it's like you've been buried, you know, you've been, you know, you've got this car access, like so much stuff on top of you've been buried. And, um, and I remember a phrase years ago, somebody said to me, well, you can either choose to be buried or you can choose to be planted. You can choose to be buried or you can choose to be planted. And I chose to be planted. So that you would grow into something. You would bloom. Yeah. Wow. Was it hard at times? Did you think like... Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it's all oh, who's, you know, and, um, you know, and easy. No, it's, it's, it's tough at times, you know, to to stay connected to where it is I want to go and the vision I have for myself. And, you know, life is all too ready to give you the slap here and there and bring you down a peg or two. Yeah, it's, that's right. You know, it's, it's about that self-belief, having people around you, people around me who can pick me up and help pick me up when I, when they, you know, when they can see that, you know, I need it and, you know, my friends are incredibly important to me. You know, I'm an only child. So, um, you know, my, my friends are my family and, and I, I choose wisely who my friends are. That's so, and so important. Yeah. Kevin, what about your business now? Uh, I know that you coach some incredible leaders and even part of the, the government there in mm -hmm. Bahrain, I believe. Yeah. Uh, what are you up to now and what's your focus? Yeah, so we're um, so we do a lot of um, executive coaching with um, with government entities and 
royal family members, senior business leaders around uh, around the whole Gulf the, and the GCC. So um, so we're operating pretty you know high level. We do uh, corporate facilitation of workshops, whether that be cultural transformation, um, you know team alignment. So we work with with leadership teams to help them be in more powerful relationships, you know, with one another. Um, you know, I'm not the expertise in what they do. They, they're the expertise in what they do, right? Where I bring and, and, and the, t- the team and I bring is we bring the, the, the skills to help them be more successful. And it is called, it's called Craig Consultants. What's the name of it? Yeah, that's my business, the business name, Craig Craig Consultants. And so that's incredible, Kevin. I have three final zigzag questions I wanted to ask you because it's not a straight line. Kevin, what still drives you to get you out of bed every morning? To hand my soul back in its best ever condition. I love that. My purpose and to raise the consciousness of leadership. Is there anything you would advise your 20 or 30 year old self? Oh, yeah. Buckle up and get ready for the ride. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, is there a particular learning from your life that you keep top of mind regularly? Oh, okay. Let me just have a think on that one. Yeah. Take time. Yeah. I think the one thing for me is if I'm, I aim to be better than I was yesterday. Okay. And that's it. Okay. Yeah. I've got a destination I want to go to, but, and sometimes I set myself really challenging, you know, goals and it can seem quite daunting, right? Cause it's so far, you know, out there, but all I've got to make is that one step. I don't have just to make the step. I have to make a step. And so just that next step forward, yeah, that next step, that right? breaking it down because otherwise it can be quite daunting that's right okay just that next step forward well kevin you know thank you so much for sharing your time your journey uh and i'm very grateful for this it's been a pleasure to have you on uh it's not a straight line great thanks thank you jordan what did you take away from our chat today I'd love to know. Let me know on Instagram at it's not a straight line or connect with me on LinkedIn. If this episode was helpful, would you mind leaving me a review on whatever podcast app you use? I'd really appreciate it. You can always go back to previous episodes to hear more insightful conversations to help you build your own unique life. Thanks for listening to It's Not a Straight Line. Until next time.